Matt Schaff and Jared Smola of DraftSharks.com here to preview the Week 18 main slate of DFS. If you've played fantasy before, or even if you're paying any attention to NFL news this week, you know that Week 18 is different than any other in several ways, and we'll get to some of those ways. But before we get focused on that, let's look back and tell me how Week 17 did for you on DraftKings. Yeah, it was a pretty good week for me. Not my biggest week of the year, but I was I was profitable. Uh, two of my four tournament teams cashed, actually. Both had Chris Olave, which prevented them from, you know, really climbing the leaderboards but i was happy with my play because i know uh last week we talked about how jalen waddle was an awesome play you know in that slate two weeks ago because of the late tyree kill news and i i kind of said i overlooked that and not played waddle last week i ended up playing isaiah pacheco who was two percent owned you know with the, with the late news that one he was in and then two the late late news that clyde edwards alaire was out so i was happy with that decision then even uh devin achan ended up only 12 percent owned with mostert out i think if the mostert news had dropped friday you know achan would have been even uh more popular than that so i was happy i learned my lesson from the two weeks prior and was able to get on those two running backs who i think were you know lower owned than they should have been and late news could be a key this week we'll get to oh, yeah. in a few minutes <laughs> but what makes week 18 different is, like I said, several things. Obviously, there's playoff teams resting starters. We've heard about a lot of those. There will be other players that aren't clear yet, but that will play less than usual in those games. There are other teams not in the playoffs, not fighting for positioning that could do whatever they want. They might just be taking a look at young players heading into next season or not even young players. The, the example that sticks out to me, Jared, is the 2020 Eagles. It was Doug Peterson's last season there. That team finished 4-11-1, and one, and in the final week of the season, Doug Peterson decided to take a look at Nate Sudfeld for about a quarter of that game against Washington. Of course, that was noteworthy because it took Jalen Hurts out of the game, who is a little bit significant on the fantasy landscape. That's the kind of thing that can just come out of nowhere that you're not expecting. Like That team had no reason to play it differently, no reason to take a look at Nate Sudfeld, but that's what happened. We got three quarters of a Jalen Hurts game. Beyond that factor, this DFS slate is also different. Usually we get all Sunday games on week 18. This year we've got two on Saturday. We've got Bill's Dolphins on Sunday night. We've still got the other 13 on the main slate for Sunday, but even that we've got a different split than usual. Six early window games. That's that 1 p.m. start here in the East. Seven at 425. That's a lot different. That's usually more like three games, maybe four going on. So Jared, I think in general, that means more late swapping. Do you yep. do those late swaps? And are you going to be looking at that more this week <laughs> than other weeks? Yeah, to be totally honest, I don't do enough late swapping. And it's because I'm just so busy with work during uh, Sundays that I, I often just don't get to it, honestly. So that's like definitely a hole in my game. There's really nothing, not much I can do about it. I mean, I want to make sure our, our site is, is updated before my tournament teams are optimized. But yeah, I mean, definitely this week, um, late swapping is more important than usual because of all those late games. I mean, it's just, it's a super challenging week. Like there's much more uncertainty that potentially gives us a greater edge. It also means you need to do a lot more work though. Like you know, th this honestly will be the wishy-washiest DFS podcast this season. Cause I honestly have no idea what my lineups are going to look like at this point. You know, usually by Friday morning, I have some idea by Friday night, I have a good idea of what they're going to look like Th this week. I think, it's not going to be until after we get inactives for those first games on Sunday, you know, at 1130 a.m. before we really you know, know um, what our lineup should look like. You're definitely going to want to be around on Sunday morning for those inactives before you know, locking anything in. 
Yeah, even if you don't usually pay attention to the inactives, you're going to want to this week because there will be non-injured guys on the inactive list that we didn't know about ahead of time. There will be guys who are are dealing with minor injuries during the week that might limit their practice time, might even have them full by Friday, who turn up inactive just because it's week 18 and there's no reason for a lot of guys to play through injuries. So watch that. It's a wishy-washy week in general. I was looking at the underdog pick'em lines um, in getting ready for this, and there are a lot more players who have no yardage lines on them right now because the betting market's like, I don't want to go in too much on this guy before we know what's happening in these games. Like that, that's why we end most full season fantasy play before this week because there is so much more of that in the final week of the season. But you know, enough of that setup. Let's get to those wishy-washy picks by position. <laughs> As usual, we're starting with DraftKings. We will do both DraftKings and FanDuel here. DraftKings first. If you only play on FanDuel, check the show notes. You can click the link and get right to wherever you want to be to check it out for your play. But starting with DraftKings quarterbacks, last week we mentioned all these 4K level QBs at the top of the DK dollars per point in the Draft Sharks lineup generator. We have another several 4K quarterbacks this week. And atop that group, we have a guy down at all the way down at 4,000. I'm not even sure I realized that that was the minimum for quarterback, Jared. I, I might have guessed that it was 4,500. I don't know that I've seen a guy cheaper than that. But this week, we've got Cleveland's Jeff Driscoll, who is starting in place of the immortal Joe Flacco this week. And he's interesting not only for that salary but because he can run a little bit right yeah and i think the rushing i think we haven't projected around 20 rushing yards that that's probably what gets him projected high enough to check in as our top dollars per point value i don't i don't think i'm gonna end up getting to driscoll he's not good to begin with and he just joined cleveland last week so I can't imagine he feels very comfortable in this offense. He's not going to have Amari Cooper. I don't think Elijah Moore is going to play. Um, he's in concussion protocol. He might get held out even if he, he is cleared. I think David Njoku plays very little, if at all. So it's, you know, it's going to be a watered-down group of weapons for Driscoll in, in an offense he doesn't know very well. So, I mean, you, you, you can – Go to him in cash, but I think you don't need a 4K quarterback this week. I don't think. I think you could play one of these guys for you know in the low 5Ks that I like. Um, so I I like as cheap quarterback options for cash. I like Tyrod Taylor or Nick Mullins. Um, you know Tyrod Taylor 5300, Nick Mullins 5100. Tyrod went for 22.8 DraftKings points last week against the Rams. He scored 10.4 DraftKings points the week prior in one half against the Eagles. He gets the Eagles again this weekend. That's a defense we've been attacking for most of the season at this point. Then Nick Mullins in his two full games this season, 22.1 and 23.5 DraftKings points. The 23.5 pointer came against the Lions. Turnovers have been the problem for Mullins, but you know those the only risk is like it does he turn it over so much he gets pulled from this game. And I guess that that's the risk, but I don't think the Vikings want to go back to Jaron Hall. Maybe, you know, they, they would go back to Josh Dobbs, but um, I think that's the only downside with Mullins. Otherwise, like you have a dome game against a pretty bad Lions defense. The Lions are a team that's like on the fence if they're going to play guys around. I mean, Dan Campbell said they're going to play their, their starters, but they don't have much to gain here. So uh, Mullins might get some backup. So I think, I think both those guys are the, the pay down options I would go to at quarterback and cash. Yeah. And I mean, if you're setting full season lineup still, you probably have to take Dan Campbell at his word, but I wouldn't be shocked to see the starters play a half of this game yep. and then leave. Um, and and the, the risk with Nick Mullins, like what are they going to do if he does throw a couple of picks, go to Josh Dobbs, who they pulled in the first place because he threw four picks to the bears, go to Jaron Hall, who they pulled last week for Nick Mullins. So yeah, I agree. Nick Mullins makes plenty of sense as a play today. It's a, you know, you feel for the Vikings a little bit, but it's the point where it's like, this is what we got. We just got to, 
yeah. do whatever Nick Mullins can give us. Tournament side at quarterback, are you playing that that same 5K group or are you looking elsewhere? We have Nick Mullins are not projected for 15% ownership. And I, I really want to play Nick Mullins, but I think that's a case where you have to you know bite the bullet and not play a 15% own Nick Mullins. And we'll see if that ownership changes over the next few days. But um, Tyrod Taylor is only projected for 2% ownership. So I think you know that's where, from a tourney perspective, it's a pretty easy decision if you want one of those cheap guys. I think Tyrod is the play. Um, I think you know his all his wide receivers remain cheap. I think Darren Waller is still in play if you want to stack that up. I also like Kyler Murray for tournaments, um, 6,400. So he's kind of in um, like the mid-range pricing. I think a lot of people are going to want to go all the way down or all the way up to, you know, your your Dak Prescott's or your Justin Fields. But Kyler is sort of in the middle. I think he's going to be pretty low owned. He's coming off his best performance of the season. Scored 24.7 DraftKings points last week in that win over the Eagles. Gets the Seahawks this weekend. Uh, you know, this game has one of the higher over-unders on the main slate. Actually, the highest over-under on the main slate right now, 47.5 points. I mean, Seattle just gave up 30 points to, to Mason Rudolph and the Steelers. Um, I think this is a defense to attack at this point. The Seahawks are actually 29th in defensive DVOA over the last five weeks. The Cardinals, by the way, are 32nd in defensive DVOA over the last five weeks. So, you know, both defenses here are beatable. I think this game does have some shootout potential. I like stacking. Um, I, you know, I would stack Kyler with Trey McBride. You can consider one of his wide receivers, you know, Greg Dorch and Michael Wilson are still pretty cheap, but I would, I would definitely make McBride top stacking partner with Kyler. And of course, that season best outing for Kyler Murray did come against those Eagles who Tyrod Taylor is facing this week. Certainly a beatable defense. Arizona scored 35 points on them last week, which is absurd. Running back, we've got another 4K Cleveland Brown at the top of the DK dollars per point rankings at this position. Pierre Strong at just 5% ownership this week. Jared, would you call him a key target this week as you build out your cash lineup? Yeah, so I mean, this is again like wait and see. I mean, we're going to have to see who ends up on the inactive list for the Browns and what kind of updates we get from them in the morning. You know, hopefully we get something from Schefter or Rappaport because, you know, we'll, you know we'll, we'll see if Jerome Ford and Hunt are active. Like if both those guys are active, like I would still expect Strong to lead the, the way in carries just because they want to rest their, you know, top two backs at least a little bit in this game. But like it'd be tough to play him in cash. I think he'd still be in play for tournaments. The other cheap running backs that, again, might be in play. Ronnie Rivers for the Rams, who has played well ahead of Royce Freeman the past couple of weeks. We already know Kyron Williams is not going to play. But again, it's another question mark, right? Because you do still have Royce Freeman there. They still have Zach Evans on the roster. So we don't know. Like At this point, we're, we're projecting Rivers to be yeah, the legend Zach Evans. Um, we're projecting Rivers to be the lead guy, but we don't know. Um, Jordan Mason would be the other guy here. Um, we know Christian McCaffrey is not going to play. To me, it'd make a lot of sense for the Niners to to not play or play Elijah Mitchell very little, just considering his injury history, and sort of give the bulk of the work to Jordan Mason in this game at 4,600. So those are the cheap guys that, again, might be in play for cash. We're really going to have to wait till Sunday morning to know. As far as a more expensive back that I'm going to have in my cash lineup, I'm going to play Zamir White at 6K. This is assuming Josh Jacobs doesn't play. I guess that's another question we'll need to answer, but I'd be surprised if Jacobs played at this point. Um, Zamir White, 59 carries and 11 targets over his last three games. Now the 11 targets are especially surprising to me. I did not think he'd have, you know, this bigger role in the passing game. The Raiders are two and a half point home favorites this weekend against the Broncos. The Broncos have remained, they've been better against the run lately. They're 18th in run defense DVOA over the last five weeks, but you know, still just a middling run defense. So it's a, it's a plenty doable matchup for Zamir White. And an offense that will give him the ball a lot, even if it's not working awesome. He'll they'll yeah. give him 20 carries, even if he's getting 3.2 per rush. So um, we'll take that heading into the game. I think the guy that I'm least interested in 
among that group are most wary of is Ronnie Rivers, who's just not very good. And, you know, like you said, we don't know how much he would run ahead of Royce Freeman in that game. So otherwise, you know, a group where, like you said, you're going to have to wait and see the Sunday news and get some further indications. Turney side, what do you like at running back? I'm going back to B. John Robinson again. 7% projected ownership at $6,600. Got 15 carries and four targets last week. So that he has 17 plus opportunities now in six of his last seven games. He's averaging 14.3 carries and 5.3 targets per game over those seven. Bijan is sixth among running backs and expected PPR points per game over the, those past seven weeks. So he, he's getting the usage. He gets a, a Saints defense. They're 21st in run defense DVOA over the last five weeks. Th- this matchup was Bijan's big game earlier this season when he went for 27 point three DraftKings points. I believe he scored on the ground and through the air. Um, so I'm going to go back to Bijan. The one cheap back I'm going to consider for tournaments, who I think is just going overlooked because people are going to play, you know, the Pierre Strongs and you know the Ronnie Rivers. We have him projected pretty high ownership. Jordan Mason's going to be pretty popular. Chase Brown, I like at 4,600. Brian Callahan made a, the Bengals OC, Brian Callahan made a comment this week about, you know, Brown being potentially a, you know, I think heavy contributor was the phrasing he used next year. It would make sense to me with the Bengals eliminated from the playoffs now for them to, you know, potentially get, get a bigger look at Brown this week at the expense of Joe Mixon. So, and Brown is, is a big play guy. He's been a guy they've been getting the ball in the passing game and he's been getting two, three, four targets a week. So if you can get Browned out, score these other cheap backs and the other guys are, you know, 10 times his own, that could be a big um, leverage point in tournaments. Interesting. Just a note on Bijan Robinson and Arthur Smith, really, before we get to the next position, it shouldn't be a positive that Bijan Robinson has 17 plus opportunities in however many of his most recent games. That should be the expectation. The, the, you know, mm-hmm. the noteworthy point should be if he's up from that, like 20 plus over the stretch. So that's just another signal of the I'll say misuse. You know, you can say what you want about how a player should be used, but the Falcons are under 500, 26th in scoring, 18th in yards, and here's this guy that they drafted as a running back, eighth overall. Like it's it's absurd how he's getting used, and that of course is relevant here because that's the knock on him is we don't know how much he's going to get used, and the usage has yep. been more disappointing than not. So certainly an upside play for this week certainly makes sense for DFS, but you know, don't be shocked anytime Arthur Smith decides to screw your fantasy team in any format. (laughs) Wide receiver. We're talking cheap options in a lot of places. There are some cheap wide receiver options high in the DK dollars per point rankings as well in the lineup generator, but you have to look past a pair of studs before you get to them at wide receiver. Unlike the first yeah. two positions, we've got CD lamb at 9,300 at the top <laughs> against Washington. We've got DJ Moore next seven K against green Bay. Are you starting with either or both of them in your cash lineup, Jared? Yeah, I'm playing CD lamb in cash. Um, I'm going to pay the 9,300 again. If you're, you're playing a cheaper quarterback, hopefully we can get at least you know, one of those cheap running backs in our cash lineup. Um, I think, I think lamb is worth paying for it. You know, must win game for the Cowboys. They need to win this game to, to clinch the NFC East. Uh, Washington still dead last and adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receiver. CD lamb has double digit targets in five straight games. I would expect them to lean on him in this spot. So he's, he's a super safe play. The other consideration at wide receiver here, or at least talking point, and he, you won't even find him in our lineup generator yet. Cause we don't have him projected, but Christian Kirk is minimum 3K on DraftKings. He's actually minimum 4K on FanDuel as well. So I don't know what these sites were doing. Definitely, you know, throws a wrench into the slate, figuring out what you want to do with them. Because you, you have Christian Kirk. I mean, you know, he's 3K. He's, you know, 3K underpriced probably. 
he gets a good matchup against Tennessee, but he's coming off an injury. His quarterback is playing through a right shoulder injury. So like he's not the safest play, but he's also three K. So I think, I think for both um, cash games and tournaments, he's an interesting decision that we're going to have to make. And you would have to think that if they're playing him at all, it's an indicator that he's healthy enough to play like at least close to regular Christian Kirk might be rusty, Mm -hmm. but you would think that they wouldn't toss him out onto the field if he's at any risk of re-injuring himself or, you know, less than full strength. So certainly at those prices, um, very interesting play. Tournament side, what do you like at wide up? I like Darius Slayton, again, as a a stack with Tyrod Taylor. He's just $4,000, projected for just 3% ownership. He he caught a long TD from Tyrod Taylor in that game two weeks ago against the Eagles. He went for 106 yards and a touchdown last week. So I'm a little surprised he's not projected for higher ownership, but um, I definitely like Slayton, at least in your Tyrod Taylor tournament teams. These Rams wide receivers, Demarcus Robinson and Tutu Atwell right now, we haven't projected for just 1% ownership. I'm not going to mess with it in cash, just not knowing the playing time exactly. Carson Wentz is obviously a big question mark, but like in, in tournaments, you know, Demarcus Robinson, 4,500, he's just played really well for the past month now. And then Tutu Atwell, 3,300, and, you know, he at least has that big playability. So if these guys are really going to be coming in at, you know, 1% ownership or anywhere close to that, um, I think they're worth mixing into tournament. Uh, teams as you know cost savers at least yeah i definitely agree with that keep an eye on all of those projected ownership levels because there's just a lot less fantasy talk this week than most other weeks and that might be confusing confounding whatever the ownership projections at this point because it's really based more on buzz than what people are actually putting in their lineup so keep an eye on those in the draft sharks lineup generator throughout the weekend as you're building your lineups and certainly right up until kickoffs on sunday because there's going to be lots of stuff changing tight end we've got yet another cheap cleveland brown jerry just put like all of the inexpensive browns in your lineup and then put whatever you want around it tyree yeah. kill and cd lamb if you want we've got min priced harrison bryant at 2500 one percent projected ownership he's interesting to me at that and even if you're like eh, i don't want any piece of the jeff driscoll offense we've got another eight tight ends right behind him that are all priced $3,700 or less in DK yeah. salary. So Jared, what's your cash plan at tight end? I think Bryant is Harrison Bryant's a decent talent. Um, you know, again, we are expecting David and Joku to play little, if at all in this game, which should make Bryant the lead tight end. The Bengals are, are bad tight end defense. Um, the, the downside is Jeff Driscoll, but again, Bryant's $2,500. I'll never say you can't play $2,500 tight end. I, I did it past couple of weeks with Austin Hooper and it worked out. Okay. I think um, Noah Gray, for the Chiefs, assuming Kelsey doesn't play, and Davis Allen for the Rams with Tyler Higby out. Those are two other you know minimum price tight ends that are just probably going to be on the field, so it puts them in play. I think I'll have the money to hopefully play Tucker Craft in cash. We have to see about Luke Musgrave. Head coach Matt LaFleur said Thursday that um, Musgrave has a chance to return for this game from his kidney injury for this game against the Bears on Sunday. So if that's the case, you obviously can't play Tucker Craft in cash, probably not even in tournaments. But if Musgrave's out, Craft has four plus catches in four straight games. Now he's hit double digit DraftKings points in all four of those games. Tight end is one of the spots you want to attack the Bears defense. I think tight end and pass catching running back is kind of the two spots to attack this defense. The Bears are 20th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. So I, I feel really good about Kraft in this spot again if Luke Musgrave does not play. And I want to throw out that last season, week 18, we had Davis Webb and Lawrence Cager from the Giants. That would be the quarterback nice. and tight end for those of you who have heard of neither of those players. Both of those guys finished as top five fantasy 
performers in week 18 of last year. So if you're like, I'm not playing any of these tight ends I've never heard of, they could be guys that make a difference for you this week. That's that's the thing about week 18. Defense, we've got a $2,800 Broncos D going up against the Raiders tied with a $2,600 Rams defense playing Sam Darnold atop our DK dollars per point. For me, Jared, it's a pretty easy Denver lean with the Rams resting Aaron Donald, linebacker Ernest Jones. We have the Rams ranked 18th among Team Ds in our rankings right now. So it's not that don't look at the lineup generator and think, oh, these guys love the Rams this week. It's totally the salary on that. We're not recommending that as a play. Yeah, of course. The um, lineup generator will default to dollars per point value rankings when you first get to it. But you can also just sort by straight fantasy projections if you just want to see, you know, who we have for the most raw projected points. I do. I'm with you. I prefer Denver to the Rams. I actually like the Bengals defense the most though for 3k if i can get to them again it's 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 just jeff driscoll i want to pick on jeff driscoll and this browns team um you know resting a lot of their starters the browns actually have the second lowest implied total on the main slate at 15.25 points so you know that the lines makers are not expecting uh, much from this driscoll led offense it looks like a lot of people agree with you because the bengals look like the dominantly most popular defense on yep. this main slate on DraftKings. to me that makes them a very easy tournament fade you know, not just because no defense is a lock, but because the Bengals aren't very good on defense because Jeff Driscoll has started games for multiple teams. So we're not betting on him playing well, but he could have a passable game. Pierre Strong has big play upside. They also have some talent in their backup pass catchers. Not like awesome guys, but, you know, guys, Harrison Bryant, Cedric Tillman, I guess David Bell to some degree, like guys that can do enough that the team could not be awful on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. I think the Bengals are, I, I, I will not be touching the Bengals in tournaments if they're anywhere close to that level of ownership. I do like Denver's instrument play. I like the Raiders on the other side of that game. The Raiders are second in defensive DVOA over the last five weeks now. Um, they've just, they've been playing well for a while in real life. They've had some big fantasy scores. A lot of that has been touchdown propelled um, but still it's, it's been a good defense for a while and um, you know they're at home for for Jared Stidham so there's definitely upside to the Raiders this week and, and it can't hurt that a lot of them including the coaches probably know Jared Stidham from last year because he of course was a Raider at that point when he you know filled in for Derek Carr the way he is for Russell yep. Wilson right now so that that can't hurt that familiarity Jared's got more picks and analysis available for you in his weekly cash game and tournament articles for DK on DraftSharks.com. And of course, the lineup generator that we talk about here and there throughout the show is ready to help you build as many lineups as you want with all the controls that you could need. So check all that out at DraftSharks.com. We are going to switch over now and look at the top plays for the Week 18 main slate on FanDuel. And Jared, the QB pricing, you know, as always, much looser on FanDuel. The top three in our dollars per point rankings here are not those cheap guys. It's Justin Fields at 8,400. Dak Prescott at 8,700 at Washington. Geno Smith at 7,300 against Arizona. So who's your cash QB for FanDuel? Yeah, and the one note on the FanDuel main slate is it includes the Sunday night game. Um, I think they did this last year too, or for week 18, whatever reason they include the Sunday night game. So Bill's Dolphins is on the FanDuel main site. I got to imagine the fact that it's on FanDuel, not DraftKings. Like people that play both are going to want to play that Dolphins Bills game. They would anyways, if it was on the main site, it'd be one of the most popular games. Um, so I think it's, it's going to be heavily owned. So definitely factor that in for tournaments, especially FanDuel cash quarterback. I like Dak Prescott. Uh, as you said, there's just, there's not as big a gap between these elite quarterbacks and these, you know, uh, fill-ins that we talked about on DraftKings on FanDuel here. So I think I think it's worth paying up for 
Dak Prescott against this Washington pass defense worse in the NFL. Again, don't have to worry about motivation for the Cowboys. They need to win this game to, to lock up the NFC East. Now, you do have Dak on the road. I know he's been much worse on the road than at home this season. One, I think Washington's pass defense kind of negates that. Two, Dak, you know, Dak's had some nice games on the road. It's not like he struggled every time he's been on the road. He he scored 18.6 Fando points at Miami a couple weeks ago. That's a good pass defense. He scored 28 Fando points at Philadelphia. He scored 25 Fando points at the Chargers. So especially in these good matchups, um, you know, Dak's been just fine on the road. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about him for cash purposes. I would overlook those home road splits. But just to put more of an emphasis on that point, it's been pretty drastic home versus road 73% completions at home versus 63% on the road. He's averaging 88 more passing yards per game at home than on the road, 12 more touchdown passes in home games than road games, the same number of games in each. And that includes, as you mentioned, the 374 and three at Philly in week nine. That's really the only tournament worthy road outing, I would say that he's had. So I, again, I'm, I wouldn't be concerned about Dak Prescott for cash here, but when you combine yeah. Those home road splits with his salary and with his popularity this week, I'd probably lean toward fading Dak Prescott for this matchup for tournament rosters, um, especially because I think one other factor is while we expect them to play this like normal, you know, going for the win here, there's definitely plenty of blowout potential here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, normally, Jared, I like to say that we don't worry about a blowout because if a team gets to a blowout level, then the quarterback has probably already done his scoring. You don't have to worry about it. I think there's maybe a little bit more reason or motivation for the Cowboys this week. If they have like a three touchdown lead at some point in the third quarter to go ahead and pull Dak and other starters, maybe before they would in a different game because they do have playoffs the upcoming week. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I, I'm not going to play Dak in tournaments. I just, I don't trust Washington to fight back in this game and keep it close enough where, you know, Dak does still have to be chucking it in the fourth quarter. And like, and then like you need a big game, you need a huge game for him to pay off in tournaments at this price tag on Fando. So like I, you do need Washington to at least, you know, keep it competitive where, where Dak is still playing into the fourth quarter. And I, I, I don't, I don't have faith that, that the commanders can do that. So where is your faith for a tournament quarterback? So we talked about Nick Mullins being like super chalk on DraftKings. He's not going to be as popular on FanDuel. He's priced up a bit more. We haven't projected at 10% ownership right now. So like I, I do want some ex- exposure to Nick Mullins. Just He's just a fun quarterback. He chucks it around. He has Justin Jefferson. You know, Jordan Addison is healthy enough. He's in a dome this weekend against a bad Lions pass defense. Like there's obvious upside here. Um, I want some piece of Nick Mullins. So I'm going to play him in, in FanDuel tournaments. I also like Geno Smith in FanDuel here. Again, he's our uh, what third best value at quarterback at just seventy three hundred dollars. He's projected for just nine percent ownership, so not not bad there. Um, Seattle has the second highest implied total on the main slate behind only the Cowboys. It's the Cowboys way up at like thirty, and then it's Seattle at twenty five point two five. The Cardinals are dead last in pass defense DVOA over the last five weeks. So it's another case where like you need the Cardinals to push back. I have a lot more faith in the Cardinals pushing back than I do Washington against Dallas. So I think there, there's, you know, a chance this game turns into a shootout, which you're going to need for, for Gino to pay off. Cause if the Seahawks have a comfortable lead, they're just going to run the ball and, you know, and, and get the win that way. But if if uh, Arizona does push back, I think, I think Gino can have a, have a big game here. Nick Mullins is like a dollar store, Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah, in like, exactly. you got to take away the beard, you take away the Ivy league degree and you got to take away the running <laughs> ability. So, you know uh, what you're left with, is Nick Mullins if you started with Ryan Fitzpatrick yes. there. Yes. Running back, 
We mentioned Pierre Strong leads the DK dollars per point projections. He's second on FanDuel behind Bijan Robinson. And I'm going to ask, already knowing the answer, Jared, you going back to Bijan this week? Yeah, I am. Um, I know there was a game well, it was like three weeks ago against Carolina where he just kind of disappeared. And, you know, that was the second or third time that's happened this season. But otherwise, Bijan has 17 plus opportunities in six of his last seven games. Now he's averaging close to 20 total opportunities over those seven games. He's sixth among running backs and expected fantasy points over that span. So for the most part, his volume has been solid. Um, gets a good matchup here against against the Saints. Bijan actually had his biggest fantasy outing of the season in the first meeting against the Saints. So I, I do like him um, really for cash and tournaments. I do like Zamir White for cash at 6,500. Just the volume he's been getting the past three weeks without Josh Jacobs, 59 carries and 11 targets. The Raiders are our home favorites here against Denver. So those are the two, you know, pay up options I like. And then again, we'll have to see if guys like Pierre Strong are playable. I know Jordan Mason is a bit pricier on FanDuel here than he is on DraftKings. But like if Elijah Mitchell ends up inactive along with Christian McCaffrey, I think Jordan Mason will be in play. So again, you're going to have to um, be heads up for these inactives on Sunday and, and be willing to adjust based on that news. Incredible gamesmanship by Arthur Smith to have that huge B. John game against New Orleans earlier this season, just to set you up like star <laughs> versus Mufasa style. He's going to have you in the Canyon when that stampede starts. <laughs> hey, I, I'm already trampled by Bijan all season. I can take I can take a little more. Who do you like at tournament running back? I like James Conner for tournaments. Um, seventy three hundred, and he's projected for two percent ownership. Conner's just he's having an awesome year. Um, he's averaging four point nine yards per carry. That's a career high. He has a career best PFF rushing grade right now. He's actually fifth among forty four qualifying running backs in PFF rushing grade. Watch these games. He, he just he looks awesome. It's it's, yep. it's you know kind of surprising. He's going to be an interesting guy to evaluate heading into the next season because it looks like he still has plenty of gas left in the tank. Um, so he you know he's getting the work. He looks good. Seattle over the last five weeks has allowed 668 rushing yards and six touchdowns to running backs again in five games. So, you know, well over 100 rushing yards per game, over a rushing touchdown per game. Uh, Seattle's given up 4.9 yards per carry through running backs over that span. They rank 31st in run defense DVOA over the last five weeks. So it's really an awesome matchup for Connor. And again, I do think this uh, Cardinal Seahawks game has some shootout potential. And for what it's worth, the contract that he has, um, James Conner, he does have one year left with the Cardinals. Next year is the kind of year where you could cut an unproductive player and save some salary cap space, but the Cardinals have plenty of cap space heading into next year. So we might just see another James Conner in Arizona year. He's going to be interesting to think about and watch, and he's probably going to be a value in early best ball drafts because everybody wants to project <laughs> a James Conner fall off heading into every season. Wide receiver, same two leading the way on FanDuel as on DraftKings in our dollars per point projections. 10K CD Lamb on the top shelf, 8K DJ Moore behind him. And then number three is Tyreek Hill at 9,500 against the Bills. As you mentioned, that one's on the main slate here, not on it on DraftKings. Who's going into your cash lineup at wide receiver? Yeah, no Jalen Waddle likely for Miami. So I think, you know, Hill's going to get a, a ton of targets. I mean, I would, it's, but it's, it's hard to get Tyreek Hill or CD Lamb in your lineup if you're not going with a cheap quarterback at this point. Now we'll see if we get like two of those cheap running backs um, that we can play, you know, sub, sub 5K, it'd be a lot easier to fit in CD Lamb or Tyreek Hill. You know, DJ Moore is currently the third guy there for me, even price considered, but I do think if you can't fit one of the top two guys, I think DJ Moore is okay. As a cheaper guy, I like DeAndre Hopkins, who is, what well, he's, uh, yeah, he's fourth in our dollars per point 
rankings at wide receiver on FanDuel at $6,800. Hopkins, he's averaging 8.8 targets over his last five games. So the volume has been good. He gets this pass funnel Jags defense on Sunday. Jacksonville much tougher against the run than the pass. So I think you're, you could see Tennessee throw it a bit more, even in neutral situations, than you know, they are underdogs here. So maybe they're trailing late and throw it quite a bit here. And, and the Jags are 26th in um, adjusted fantasy points allowed wide receiver so really nice matchup for hopkins getting the volume i think he's and he's underpriced at 6800 and if it's ryan Tanhill over will levis then we that's probably a little bit worse for his yards per catch but Tannehill's yep. done decently throwing downfield and has been a more efficient passer so you trade off the you know not quite as far downfield for the better likelihood that he actually catches those targets exactly i think if you're playing hopkins in cash i'd rather have Tannehill under center i do think his you know, hopkins upside might be a bit higher if it's if it's back to levis tourney side wide receiver what do you like we talked about dj moore being our second best value at the position he's projected for just nine percent ownership so that immediately to me like he's a good tournament play just based on those two things. Moore has scored 16.9 plus Fando points in four of the last six games. That includes two games with 23 plus Fando points and the Packers 31st in pass defense DVOA. That's it. Defense that looked really bad until they, you know, got to face Jaron Hall for the first half of that game last week. And then, you know, Nick Mullins came in in the second half and had plenty of success. So Packers still a defense I want to attack. And we know DJ Moore is going to get the volume. DJ Moore doesn't make sense as a single digit guy. He should easily yeah. be in the double digits in ownership this week, especially coming off a nine for 159 and a touchdown last week. I know, it, you know, everybody reasonably questions or doubts Justin Fields as a passer, but it hasn't mattered that much for DJ Moore over the course of the season. Obviously, you get, you know, week to week peaks and valleys, but that happens with everybody. Tight yep. end Jake Ferguson at 6K against Washington, Dallas Goddard at 6,100 against the Giants. Both of those guys are basically even in both FanDuel salary and our median projection. Slight edge for Ferguson in our ceiling projections, which you can also see in the lineup generator. You can sort each position by that to see who we think has the highest ceiling of the week. Jared, what is your plan for tight end on FanDuel? Yeah, I'm playing Jake Ferguson in cash. Eagles coach Nick Sirianni already made some comment early in the week, like not guaranteeing that his starters would at least play all this game, which which makes sense because, you know, Philly Philly needs to win and have Dallas lose to Washington to win the NFC. So, like, even if they get to halftime and Dallas has a comfortable lead, like you could see Philly rest some starters in the second half. So I, I'm not touching the Eagles in cash games. Um, I do like Ferguson for cash. He, you know, Ferguson saw six targets last week. He had seen exactly eight targets in his previous four games. So the volume has been really steady. Again, the Cowboys easily have the highest implied total on the main slate at 30 points. You know, Washington, not quite as bad against tight ends as wide receivers, but it's still a good matchup for Ferguson. He's still a pretty good touchdown bet. He's a guy I've been drafting a lot of in playoff drafts too. I feel like he's he's undervalued in those right now too. Just again, I think I, you know, he's the number two option in the passing game. Yeah, Brandon Cooks has been going ahead of Ferguson in these playoff drafts I've been doing. I, I think Ferguson deserves to be the second Cowboys pass catcher drafted. And if you haven't been watching Cowboys games, he looks really good. It's not just like, oh, Jake Ferguson's lucky to be in a good Dallas offense this year. He looks like a guy that should have yep. had more hype heading into the season. So, yeah, I agree yep. with all that. Tournament side of tight end, what do you like? Yeah, I got a couple guys in the mid-5Ks. Um, Juwan Johnson at 5,400, 3% projected ownership. I guess people aren't totally buying um, his production the last two weeks. You know, Maybe it ends up being fluky, but I think he's worth taking a shot on at this price and this ownership. He has 19 targets over the last two weeks and that's come on 74 and 69 percent route rates which are two of his higher highest 
marks of the season. So his role definitely, um, you know, has expanded at least the last two weeks. Atlanta is 24th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight end. So it's a good matchup for Juwan Johnson. I'm going to give Darren Waller another shot too. I, I played him last week. He was, you know, just fine. Definitely wasn't, you know, good enough to win tournaments, but Waller got up to an 80% route rate last week. That was after a 71% route rate the week prior, two of his um, highest marks, definitely his two highest marks since returning from the hamstring injury. Um, so Waller looks really as healthy as he's been all season. He's 5,600. He's projected for just 4% ownership. And we've talked about, you know, this, this um, Eagles defense is really one that we've been attacking for a while now. So I think there's upside to Darren Waller. I think he is a good stacking partner if you're playing Tyrod Taylor. And for what it's worth on Juwan Johnson, the last two weeks, his usage looks out of line with the rest of the season. If you look at playing time, it looks out of line versus the previous three games. If you look at targets, it looks out of line versus everything else. But the playing time has actually been up in that 70% range for almost all of the season. He had a three game stretch where it was down, but otherwise he's been in 70 plus percent in nearly all of the games he played. So it looks like a good bet for him to keep that kind of role. Obviously the production could go either way, but you know, we know that and that's what you get when you go for a cheap tight end defense, $3,300 chargers against Blaine Gabbert led chiefs here. Top the board, Jared, do you have the guts to play the chargers (laughs) defense in a money lineup? You can all you can always play a cheap defense in cash. I mean, even if you get two points out of them, it's it's not going to kill you unless there's like a super chalk defense um, that that goes off, and you might be buried. But this week, I think I think there'll be enough cheap options to not have to go down that far. I mean, even to me, thirty seven hundred dollar Raiders, so you know, four hundred dollars more. You're just getting a much much better defense in you know a good matchup at home against Denver against Jared Stidham again that the Raiders second in defensive VVOA over the last five weeks it's just they've, they're playing really good defense um, Denver's implied for just 17.25 points so I, I like going cheap I don't think you have to go all the way down to the Chargers I would much rather play the Raiders Brandon Staley has a lot more free time right now I really hope that he's not watching or listening to the show to hear you call his defense <laughs> much much worse than the Raiders because who could have ever guessed that we would say anything like that at the start of the season related question from that Chargers game will we actually be able to tell the difference between the full Chiefs wide receiver core and the week 18 version or is it all just going to look like dudes in red shirts that can't catch the ball it's all the same yeah they'll just be catching uh worse passes than, than they would be from Mahomes. Any other defenses to throw out? As pay-up options in tournaments, I like both defenses in this Jets-Patriots game. I mean, when these two teams played earlier this season, it was about as ugly as you'd expect. I think both these defenses have a lot of upside, both from a you know, points-against perspective and from a sack-and-takeaway perspective. Get more FanDuel recommendations from our pal Kevin English at DraftSharks.com. He's got articles covering cash games and tournament play on FanDuel every week. This is going to be our last DFS podcast of the season. So if you've been watching, if you've been listening, if this is the first one you've caught, let us know what you think, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, We appreciate all of it. And the lineup generator is still going to be there for you throughout the playoffs. It'll help you build your lineups for cash and tourney formats right now on FanDuel, on DraftKings, and on Yahoo as well, if that's where you play, even though we don't talk about it on the show. Our goal, of course, as always, is to help you win this week.